Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. My name is Jamie Loftus. Yeah, we're doing our last names now. Because of someone who's in the room who can't speak yet. Right. This is the power part of just like, you can't talk yet. This bothers our male guests, and they usually don't make it. Yeah, they, they usually don't interrupt a lot. They're usually, or sometimes the male guest. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and just call out Jack O'Brien. We'll do it. We'll do a loud laugh while we're doing the intro, and it's like you're not supposed to be seen yet, <laughs> but you're making <laughs> or yourself known. Our guest on it's a microaggression Gili episode, slamming the table, <laughs> throwing Josh Fader basically threw the table at us in the first two minutes. <laughs> who, who else is Hampton for sure? But we are very excited <laughs> for our guest today. I'm so excited. Oh, wait. We didn't say what the podcast is. Oh, yeah. Did, okay. Sorry. We're still in the power zone right now. <laughs> right. Uh, the Bechdel cast, it's our podcast about women and how they're portrayed in movies. And wouldn't you know that mainstream Hollywood cinema does not portray women very well until very recently. I mean, this year is pretty good for women in film. Oh, I think I said this year is pretty good for women. I was like, um, no. sorry, have you <laughs> checked no. your news app? <laughs> it's pretty bad out there. But for, we've done several movies recently that came out this year that have fared very well by our standards. Yes. I, Tanya, Lady Bird. Girls Trip. Hidden Figures came out last year. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you yeah. know, we're d- it's there, there's options. It's getting a little better. There's more options, but historically, Hollywood has not portrayed women well. Is my point. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a 45 minute argument. Okay. <laughs> so we use the Bechdel test as sort of our jumping off point for discussion. Mm-hmm. Bechdel test being the test created by Alison Bechdel and the comic book Dice to Watch Out for. And in our version of the test, we would like to see movies have two female identifying characters with names talk about something other than a man for more than two lines of dialogue does not happen a lot not enough but i'm very excited for today's episode it's a common request when we ask for requests i feel like we've seen this movie come up just about as often as like we got a lot of requests for like legally blonde as well which Mm. we did Mm -hmm. on the patreon so subscribe and then maybe you can hear what i think about victor garber yeah (laughs) spoiler alert you like him But this movie, yeah, we get requests for it because it's a it's a great movie. It's a cult classic. It's It's Josie and the Pussycats. Yes. And I'm so excited for our guest today. Ooh, she's a friend of the cast. She's a friend of you. She's a friend of me. She owns and operates a nonprofit art space right here in in Hollywood, California called Junior High. You got to check this place out. It's great. It's the best. She's a wonderful visual artist. It's Faye Orla for crying out loud. I can talk now. You You get welcome. (gasps) Thanks for that asking permission. Once you said that men usually fail at that, I was like committed. I would yeah. have said something otherwise. I was like, must, must prove myself. Some of our female guests have violated the rule. But, but mm. statistically, first of all, men are allowed on the show simply less. Mm, here. True. But, but when, they, when they do show up, 
they're talking early. They're talking right. At, they, like, I think we may have an example of like, hi, I'm Jamie. Hi, I'm Caitlin. Hi, I'm the guy. And it's like, <laughs> we did not ask you to make yourself known yet. I Literally, the only thing you told me when we were about to record was that you're going to do a two minute bit at the beginning. Just you guys and yeah. not to, yeah. not to be there, you know, just us gals, just us gals. And I'm really good at instructions. You, yeah, you can did a great take job. a direction. Yeah. Better than it's my anyone. best trait, honestly. So, Faye, you brought us Josie and the Pussycats. And you also brought us Josie and the Pussycats stickers, stickers. that you drew. They're so good. Yeah. Oh, I love it. it was and just... can people buy these at your art space, Junior High? Actually, I don't think they're at Junior High right now. I should bring some. But I just make a bunch of stickers and celebrity junk that's on my website. It's just oh, awesome. FayeOrLove.com. Really, really Great. So, Josie and the Pussycats, why did you pick this movie? When did you first see it? What's your history with this movie? I have no idea when I first saw it because that is just so much a part of me uh-huh. that it feels like I was birthed and I knew every line. Okay, sort of great. Thing. Yeah. But I'm obsessed with it. I know every word of every song, kind of embarrassingly. <laughs> they did that. I don't know if you guys saw it at the Ace Hotel. They did like the full cast Q&A and the band played like from no, that did all the recordings I with like know that. Letters from Cleo, like the singer. Mm-hmm. Whoa. It was so cool. You were there, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, I, re- I remember that being. Aggressively there. I, I remember those Insta stories. <laughs> yeah. Fully, the artist was present <laughs> that night. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was like a dream come true. I think Josie and the Pussycats might be my favorite band. Can you, I mean, are, they are very real to me. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Yeah. I'll allow it. No, they're the best. And they've released a um, vinyl of all the songs. And then there was a mini, like, seven inch du jour single for no um, Backdoor Lover. Yeah. <gasps> wow. I should have brought that. Well, I'll show it to you later, but <laughs> it is good marketing. How are you familiar at all with the comics that it was based off? Yeah. I would read Archie all the time as okay, a kid. Cool. And oh, wow. um, that was, like, my big gift. I would go to my parents would ship me away to Jewish sleepaway camp for a month every summer mm-hmm. and I would just wait till like week two and a half and I'd get a package of Archie comics. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. Were oh. you into Riverdale, the show? I started watching it and I just like haven't had a ton of time, but I'm into whichever Sprouse twin that is. <gasps> Cole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I personally prefer Dylan, but uh, you know, I, I think well, Dylan's Dylan has the, like the longer hair, right? Yeah. He's the thick twin. Yeah, he's cute too. I'm here for the thick twin. <laughs> if there's twins, you want I'm the going for the one. thicker twin. <laughs> good to get that. Just, just know that right off the bat. The thin twin. <laughs> All right. I'll. We got the thick twin. You got the thin twin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write a song about it, please, please. <laughs> and, and then you'll really know how I feel about twins. <laughs> Jamie, when did you first see the movie? On Christmas mm-hmm. at your house? Uh-huh. Yeah, because Kaylin and I do spend all major holidays together. <laughs> we were together on Thanksgiving and Christmas uh-huh. this year, which is tragic Where and beautiful. Where are beautiful. both of your families? Where they don't like us. No, <laughs> they're, no, they're, they're on the okay. East Coast. It's too cold. It's too hard to get to. Yeah. So I first saw Josie and the Pussycats. It was probably, it must have been like 2000, I think it was my freshman year of college. So like 2004, a friend showed it to me, instantly loved it, bought it on DVD right away, watched it dozens of times since then. Definitely one of my favorites. Super underrated. A lot of people oh, yeah. don't know about this movie, or if they know about it, they assume that it's terrible. Yeah. Well, because it well, it did not get good Didn't, reviews at the time. I mean, I think this was like one of those notoriously bad Ebert reviews of like, this is the worst he movie. He hates I've... movies about girl bands because he also hated Spice World. <gasps> really? Yeah. Well, Spice oh, World, he did hate to Spice be fair, World. is really bad. But it's, it's bad, one of my favorite so movies funny. of all time. It's yeah. bad, but it's it's but Great? it's also good. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was more popular, so I, I think... had more opportunities to whip out the fact that I do know every dance from that movie. Oh my God. So, mostly I just perform solo to myself, but... Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like in a crazy mood right That's now. That's quite all right. So, yeah, I, I saw it early on. I just texted a boy. <laughs> I was, this doesn't pass the back door test. We oh, got no. Return to form. Um, everything's great. I'm yeah. shifting around in my seat like a fucking psychopath. And I'm thinking about the fish's butt from The Shape of Water. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, hey, speaking what of The Shape of Water, there, uh, it stars Sally Hawkins. And she is also in Paddington and Paddington 2. No so shit. Good for her. Check out Paddington's, the Paddington the franchise. Paddington. The, the Paddington. The Paddington's. The Paddington expanded universe. Yeah, the <laughs> cinematic universe. Uh, anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> cinematic universe. Is it, do you know if Paddington 2 is canon? Or? Paddington 2 Paddington is canon, Paddington 2 right? is 100% canon. Okay, relax. 
don't believe you would question this. Caitlin's about to like throw up some furniture (laughs) and I feel unsafe at this time. (sighs) Okay. So Josie the Pussycat. I was like, what are we talking about? Okay. So I think we can all agree that we enjoy this movie. It's so good. This is one of those movies that it, I truly don't know how I had not seen it because it, like every element of it appeals to me, especially, and this is, and normally I will wax poetic about Alfred Molina, who I think could have found a really fun bit role in this movie. Sure. If someone had had their fucking head on, but, (laughs) (laughs) but for me, this movie is Alan Cumming. He is the star. (laughs) I had like a bet with myself how far in we'd be till when you mentioned Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming. And I now think I won. Just <laughs> she's gonna bring it up and she will Alan be Cumming. she will take a drink of water right when she says his name. <laughs> I need to loop my mouth up <laughs> before I say his name. <laughs> to be fully slippery. <laughs> so I could talk about Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming, I mean obviously feminist icon, queer icon, the list goes on. He's amazing. And this is And a British national treasure. I'm guessing Sc- Scottish, Wait, Scottish, Scottish National Scottish. Treasure. Does he best really have a good accent? one? Because that's like the best part in the movie when his accent goes away briefly. Oh no, like, he's Scottish. He's Scottish. <gasps> oh. Yeah, but I think he had a British accent. Yeah, for yes, he did. That's why and I assumed was he was British. Terrible. It was not good. No. Yeah, but it turns out because he's a he's a Scot. Mm. Anyways, he's the best part of The Good Wife, which I've seen every episode of. Oh. <laughs> that's weird. Anyway, <sighs> shall I do the recap? Do the recap. Ooh, oh wait, ooh. can we say who's in this movie besides Alan Cumming? Certainly, because there's a. It's a kind of a star star studded oh, roster. It's, it's star studded. So Josie is Rachel Lee Cook. Mm-hmm. Rosario Dawson plays. I again, this happens on the pod where we don't remember people's names and characters' names. Character yeah. names. Her name is uh, Val. Val, and then Tara Reid is Melody as herself. Slash Val. As herself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and also Parker Posey. Mm-hmm. Park, any scene with Parker Posey and Alan Cumming. Oh, my. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, Josie and the Pussycats is about a band comprised of those three characters, Josie, mm-hmm. Val, and Mel. They're Starts called the Pussycats. the Pussycats. Yeah. Yeah. They live in Riverdale, and they're just trying to make it. You know, they're doing small gigs. They don't have a following yet. They love music. They all live together. And they they live ramen. in the same trailer. <laughs> <laughs> There's a boy named Alan M. who Josie... Oh! Big old crush on. Okay, Faye, Alan M, hot or not? Not hot. He literally Thank wears flip flops. Thank you. He's a disaster. Okay, he he's doesn't a mess. have good fashion, but he's got a cute I, little. I don't thing. think anyone's is... attractive if I've seen their feet. Kay- oh, <laughs> I I understand that. Yeah, Caitlin is every because we've watched Josie and the Pussycats together twice now, and she stands out for for Alan M every time. She's like, no, he's hot. He's a good dude, Alan M. He's a, he's all bangs. I mean, yeah. his he's haircut all, is very a, much of that. I mean, time. he can't even he's fix his own truck. He has to get a woman's help. Like, is that oh, which we hot? will talk about? One of it. Ka- yeah, one of Caitlin's favorite tropes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> woman who fixed the car. Women are just inexplicable. I don't know. Knows I so think much about cars. Alan mm. M's fine. So I, oh, she, she begins to backpedal. Alan <laughs> <laughs> M, not hot. Alan M, good guy, not mostly hot. hot. I'm pretty sure he has a leather bracelet on in ninety percent. Probably. Of the movie. I used to wear a sweatband all the time that said "I have issues." <laughs> <laughs> Is that from Hot Topic? I got it out. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> on sale. <laughs> I almost feel like you should legally be wearing that still, just to warn people. <laughs> it's basically yeah. it was a medical band. <laughs> I just didn't know it. The font is crazy. There's all these <laughs> there's all these pictures of me and my grandma. I'm wearing a back brace with my fucking thing that says I have issues, and my grandma is she has this smile on her face where she's just smiling, but you can also tell she is making fun of me (laughs) by making me have a photo taken in that moment in time she's fully attacking me (laughs) i look like shit listen i I was 12 and i looked like absolute shit i have issues (laughs) you've got issues i have issues well, so do the <laughs> Pussycats, because they amazing. simply... Amazing, we're back on track. Yeah, they cannot... That was like an amazing segue. Thank Kaylin you so much. Is, you do this professionally. She's, mm. Wait, wait. Kaylin, uh, have you been to college? Yes, not only have I been to college, I have been to grad school, where I did get a master's degree in screenwriting from Boston University. <laughs> I do not like to bring it up, but here we are. Okay, anyway, so the Pussycats are having issues. You know, they're trying to build a following. They're talented musicians. They've got great songs, but... No one is listening to them. Meanwhile, there is Alan Cummings' character, whose name is Wyatt Alan Frame. Cumming. Did I say? What did I say? 
No, I did Alan Cumming as himself. No, okay. Jamie okay. just took that as a moment to repeat the name Alan Cumming to herself. <laughs> Got it. That's okay. all that was happening. Yeah. I had to do it every couple of minutes <laughs> sure. or I'll die. <laughs> a contract thing. It's actually what it said on the inside of your sweatband. Hey, the shoes. Do not resuscitate. <laughs> just whisper Alan Cumming. She will pop out of it. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Alan Cumming plays this guy named Wyatt Frame, and he's, like, helping to run a label called Mega Records. Mega Records. And they just got rid of their frontrunner band, Du Jour. Uh, Can we talk about, well, we'll get to this, but there is, top of the movie, Alan Cumming straight up jumps out of a plane. Yes. Elegantly. And this happens because he's sort of like managing this band du jour, this boy band who's super popular. Who is Donald Faison, Breckin Meyer, Seth Green, Seth Green. And, and then another guy, the fourth guy. guy. That, yeah. Which I love because when Dujour comes back at the end of the movie, it's only the guy because it's like, oh, you couldn't afford the other three for more than one day. Yeah, they're in that's full body cast. Yeah. That's not really them. No. That's got to be. Those are some extras. So Alan Cumming has to jump out of a plane because this boy band starts to figure out something fishy that's going they on with the sentient. record label. So Wyatt basically crashes the plane they're on. He jumps to safety, and now he's on the lookout for a new frontrunner band to be the most popular. And he finds the Pussycats. <laughs> so, oh, please yeah. don't. Um, actually, could we all do it together? <laughs> uh, how can I save this? All right, fine. So he, he discovers the Pussycats. Without even hearing them play, he offers them a record deal. And they're just like, what's all this about? And he's like, doesn't matter. Just sign with us, and we'll make you stars. And they're like... Okay, and then they go, they get makeovers, they start recording some music. There's this ominous machine. It's like this recording device. They're like, what's all this? And he's like, don't worry about it. Meanwhile, we meet Fiona, played by Parker Posey, and we learn that the record company that they are running is actually just sort of this way to insert subliminal messages into music to get teenagers to buy a bunch of crap. So there's product placement all over this movie. We did the count. We, we tried did to, the count. We made yeah. a note. So I think we, there's upwards of 80 products being hawked throughout the course of this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. It's crazy. And some of them are so, like, some. my favorite ones are the ones that only come up once of, like, uh, Tidy Cats. <laughs> Do you have $5? Because we'll put you in our movie. Like, there is a weird, very small Tidy Cats. <laughs> they actually hey. did, during that Q&A, they said they did not get paid by any of those brands. Really? Yeah, and Whoa. a lot of brands didn't want to be involved. Like, I think Gap pulled out. Like, they had a big Gap thing like the the girls were going to be in a gap commercial and they had to like pull it the, they filmed it and everything yeah they got no money for product placement for that wow i think no Who one would have knew yeah, yeah yeah well because the movie sends a very anti-corporate message of like hey consumerism is bad yeah product placement is bad i'm pro corporate capitalism watch it on comedy no central good. every wednesday night <laughs> hey but speaking of tidy cats though did you know that cats have eight <laughs> nipples this has been Cat Facts with Caitlin. Oh, my God. I need more sentences to start with, speaking of tiny cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2018, right. yeah. new mood. Speaking <laughs> of tiny, tiny cats. So... <laughs> Yeah, this whole record company is basically just a whole scam to insert subliminal messages into music to get teenagers to buy things. And then that's what Dujour figured out, and that's why they died. But then the great at the end with the Metallica concert <laughs> joke is so good. I thank God every day I knew the lyrics to Enter Sandman. <laughs> Every joke in this movie is the best joke ever. This movie is so wild. funny. It's, so, it's the perfect satire, and it's so, so funny. Yeah. It's- Meanwhile, so they make the Pussycats these huge stars, except that they change their name to Josie and the Pussycats. Josie, because she's the lead singer, becomes kind of the front woman of the band. And this is you can find a similar story. And sorry, I, my mouth is a little too lubed up. For a oh wow! <laughs> Started to drown. Uh, <laughs> uh, similar themes are explored in the Cheetah Girls extended universe. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I'm very only familiar, familiar with the um, Barcelona. The, what is it that's the second one. Okay. Cheetah, Cheetah Girls two. Oh, speaking of sequels, Paddington two. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of tidy cats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. 
as the band gets more popular, Wyatt starts to insert these subliminal messages into songs that only she's listening her to. Her disc to man. Basic, yeah. She's yeah. holding so, her disc. Yeah. Because like Val and Mel are starting to realize something's fishy, like something's not quite right here. So they try to break the band apart by getting Josie to turn on Val and Mel. But it doesn't work. They figure it out. They figure out this whole subliminal message scam. There's this great, very long climactic sequence at the end where they confront Wyatt and Fiona. There's like a fight that happens. They're, they're so like happens. backstage at a concert that everyone's waiting for. Can I just There's, say really quick, Alan Cumming has a middle part for this entire movie. Yes. Okay. That's yes. all. You're going to lube up again? I, I'm sorry. Let me just <laughs> lube my mouth up. <laughs> Please. So I can handle that fact. <laughs> that was uh, Alan Facts with Jamie. <laughs> Sponsored by Tidy Cats. Oh, Speaking <laughs> of Tidy Cats. Uh, I also, my second favorite product placement in this movie, I think it would be Advil. The climactic scene takes place basically on a floor that's covered in Advil logos. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. my favorite is the McDonald's shower. Oh, oh my God. So I love good. that. I like, want that. That's a perfect scene. Yeah. <laughs> that's a perfect scene. I made... Which is crazy because that's Tara Reid... Oh, my God. Yeah, beware of... Upside down, right? Yeah. Tara um, Reid is the only person in that scene, and Tara Reid's character... That ca- I hate that character. She's very annoying. And I... We'll get into it. <laughs> But I can't stand that character. Anyway, Lots so... Lots of fan service for Carson Daly, who mm-hmm. I, I say, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, truly the world's most mediocre man. Mm, right. <laughs> Couldn't be a more... I'm like, that, that is someone's dad with frosted tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So the movie ends with they confront the record company, the feds come in, they shut them down even though they were in on it the whole time. And they're like, actually, subliminal messaging works much better in movies. And then there's that great, Justin the Pussycats is the best movie ever. <laughs> and then, so, <laughs> so they play the concert and Josie and Hot Alan M get together at the end Ugh, and everything's I do like great. that scene at the end because it's so goofy and weird like uh, the joke is that they're screaming across the stadium and they can both hear each other <laughs> and it's so long and they're like I love you I love you too I'm like nah I don't know if I okay sure great so that's the story let's talk about the female characters in it of which there are several Who uh, who's your favorite Parker Posey oh for sure okay. Fiona Fiona is amazing yeah she has like a real desperation to be popular that I just also relate to in a very sad way. <laughs> and, yeah. and and I think consistently has the best looks. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. Like, she gets the looks. Uh-huh. It's She's the best and she's just like, hey, girls, this is a hot gossip. Like, she just, like, wants to hang out with a bunch of cool girls. She was, yeah. like, the ugly girl in high school you yeah. find out and just wants to, like, Alan be popular Cumming. and hang out with Alan Cumming's girls. been an albino guy the, the whole time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is that joke insensitive? Probably. so. Uh, speaking of tidy cats, Alan coming as an albino man also has a metal part. Oh, wow. Okay. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, tidy cats, yes. Um, yeah, no, I think that joke is insensitive to people with albinism. I think the joke of Fiona's character having lisp is also insensitive to people with lisps. It's not... It's not a perfect unfortunately, movie. Unfortunately, but it also, movie. in its defense, Speaking it of tidy movie. cats... Perfect movie. Okay. <laughs> no, that was a reach. I see where no. you're going. No, it wasn't. It was spot on. Thank you. <laughs> Nothing but respect. <laughs> anyway, so Fiona, that character is amazing. Well, the very best moment of my entire life. I was 13 and at the mall with my mom in a J. Crew, and a random person told me I looked like Parker Posey. <gasps> and I remember like what the leather gloves next to me looked like. Like I was just shaken. I was like, <gasps> and I don't look like her, is the thing. You imprinted. So I was just like, that's the best moment ever. <laughs> I like, still think about it when I'm sad. It's my happy place. Wow. That J. Crew. Once <sighs> when I was little, I, my family went to Martha's Vineyard. We would. We could only afford to go for two days every two or three years because <laughs> mm. it's rich people shit. But we would go. And one time when I was very young, like five years old, I grabbed onto what I thought was my mom's leg in an ice cream shop. And it was Uma Thurman's leg. <laughs> and she was straight up disgusted with me. <laughs> so I was like, whose poor child is this? <laughs> can it? Can I kill it? Like there, it was oh, no. my, <laughs> we still talk about it sometimes where my dad was like, remember when my adorable daughter touched Uma Thurman and she looked like she wanted to kick her? Like Uma Thurman did not want a kid touching Aww. her by total accident. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> so anyways that's my happy moment yeah. <laughs> to violating uma thurman's space yeah. and uh, being punished sure okay so josie and the pussycats is a movie about a band of all women you don't see that many rock bands that feature even just a single woman, let alone all of the members of the band are women. True. So that's cool. So, yeah, it's. It, I mean, this is not a perfect movie. There are some flaws, which we'll get to. But as far as the portrayal of women, it's a movie where the female characters are driving the story. They are... They're flawed. They've got lots of different... Like, there's there's a lot of different types of women in this movie. Not enough different types of no, women. No, we'll and the characterization too. is... a. Li- it's not the strongest we've ever seen. No. But... Tara Reid does seem like she learned how to drum, though. And for that, I she applaud did. her. She talks about that. She does? At Q&A. Wow. She wow. learned to Because I was like, they they go out of... Because you don't see any Rachel Leak. I mean, I don't no, think that the is other not two her people... Singing. That's not her singing? No, mm-hmm. it's, it's not her voice. Mm-mm. Didn't know. Yeah. It's the girl from Letters to Cleo, whose name I can't remember right now. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But also, I don't know why I feel like a little bit betrayed. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> it's fine. That does ruin a little bit of the magic. Yeah, that it's... It, wait, it was all fake? Yeah. The whole story was fake? <laughs> That's well, why? not the corporate greed. That's very real. That's extremely <laughs> real. So you can cling to that. Oh, that was something I wanted to, to talk about on the second viewing of this. I thought it was so just like a weird story point that Josie and Mel and Val, from moment one, anytime they're talking about the band, they never say like, we play music because we love music. They say, we play music because we want a record deal. Like they're fucking capitalists from moment one, which was like... I mean, that's just like a choice. Yeah. But it was it was interesting. I mean, and I think that pays off later when they're like corporate greed is actually bad. But like for, for a moment when they they not only are very they're like, we want to be famous and we want a record deal. And that is the objective a little more so than the music at first. Yeah. But they also viewed and they're playing bowling alleys. And they say a few different times that they viewed DuJour as their direct competition. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry you are playing a bowling at Like, you're... Yeah. <laughs> chill yeah. out. But there's that scene when they're on the airplane and they're, like, taking a flight to go and get famous. Is this the plane that has all the, target. like, the Target plane? Or is it the one that has all the phones it's, fused into the wall? Yeah, so it's that the, one. The Motorola great. plane. Yeah, the yeah, Motorola yeah. plane. That one... Um, <laughs> So in that scene, they have this like nice conversation about how we're going to be friends first and a band second. Like they're prioritizing. Right. So not necessarily prioritizing their music over anything, but like they're prioritizing their friendship over being in a band. So, I mean, that to me redeems them for maybe being a little bit too capitalist in the fact I that I don't even like, think that yeah. that's bad. I just yeah. thought that that's like kind of weird like not something I noticed at first because I feel like usually when we're introduced to these stories it's like and we just like love playing music so much and it's about the art and but for Josie and the Pussy Cats they're like I mean like I, I obviously they care about the music mm-hmm. well, but I they think also they, care about the, the reason we have that whole like scene at their house is I think we're supposed to understand that they live together and they're broke and I think mm-hmm. that's driving like this capitalist need more so than like the fame aspect because they don't seem to really care about that they just want right. to be able to like not eat raw and like they're specifically like eating ramen. They're, share, they're, they're sharing, sharing ramen. Single package. And they ramen. they say they're the only people in the history of Riverdale to share a bus pass. They're all three of them in their bus pass. I, I just love think that bus hella pass. Broke. So great. Yeah, they're and very broke. it's more of a commentary on how artists don't get paid. Whoa! Wow! Yeah. Point wow. taken. Good point. point taken. Yeah. Wow! Wow! The wow. guest uh, really uh, overstepping. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting choice. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, I've been displaced, <laughs> and, and, I, yeah. and I quit. And Sorry. actually, see you later. This is the first time in my life I've ever been uh, wrong. <laughs> it was a hard day for me. Um, there's a couple things I want to mention. Things that I did not enjoy about the movie. One is the trope that drives me nuts, where a movie to show that. The girl is not like the other girls. She's good at fixing cars. We see it in that stupid Julia Roberts movie about running away from your wedding. And we Pretty Woman. She knows a lot about cars. Oh, really? I haven't seen that in a long time. Yet. I need to rewatch Pretty Woman. Yeah. Uh, Megan Fox. Megan Fox and Transformers. And although I, there's a good case to be made there, but whatever. There's there, Sometimes when Another it happens, day. I am totally fine to accept it, like in I, Tanya when that happens or in Hidden Figures when it happens. But to me, there, like nothing about her skill to being good at fixing cars 
doesn't pay off at any point in the story or it just it just uh, feels oh, like it's in, tacked on to in this movie it's weird and I don't think it ever comes back and I feel like that that is like kind of cinematic shorthand for like she's a guy's gal she can yeah. hang mm-hmm. and totally. uh, and I think that that's all that we're supposed to take away from that and it's just because I mean, in that scene it's it, kind of lazy right it's Alan M's car and he's like well my truck died you gotta help me fix it and they're sort of like kind of flirting and bonding during that scene while she's fixing he is straight up car. playing guitar acoustic yeah. guitar I, barefoot I, as there she anything? fixes his car he's awful yeah <laughs> if anyone shows up and starts playing the acoustic guitar at me I'm fully at upset <laughs> I at me you can't just play it near me you're playing it at me directly i would love to link in this episode the Bandcamp extension for my ex-boyfriend who wrote the full album your body is dumb after i broke up with him <laughs> never play the guitar around me i'll scream i'm sorry the boy you texted earlier was a drummer so i listen oh, I didn't you can know that facet of his personality you can drum around me that's fine okay i've never had an issue with drummers people <laughs> it's acoustic guitar no i had the same guitar. ex-boyfriend thing it was like and kind of the bass went too. home from college saw him over the summer mm-hmm. literally asked if while we were like hanging out just sitting like by his car in a suburban town in maryland if he could take out his acoustic guitar and play something and i was like i guess <sighs> oh i'm bone dry yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically a eunuch <laughs> if you play the <laughs> I've never if you want to make someone less horny than they've ever been in their life uh, and I would say I'm pretty on a pretty high horny percentile if we're surveying you're, the you're, country you're constantly lubed I will say I am fully lubed <laughs> at all times but Man, if you're considering playing the acoustic guitar, <laughs> it's you're doing it for you. And it's so clear when you're doing that. Can't, do you mind if I play my guitar? And it's like, no, no. <laughs> you know who doesn't do that? Drummers. Because also, they would also look crazy. Yeah, that would, uh, You mind if be... I just bring my little uh, rubber pad out and start? <laughs> I, I, have, I have a great track record with drummers. My oh. high school boyfriend was a drummer. Oh, good. Yeah. And you were a clarinetist. Shout out to... Uh, Oboe. Excuse Oboe. me. Yes. It's okay. You can be... I was a clarinetist. Okay, we're all... Uh, we, we're, I, we, we have too, clarinetist. Oh. Really? Wow. That's why I got confused. Oh, I was a double reed girl. Mm. Not to brag. Sorry, just the one it for is. me. It's harder. <laughs> single, <laughs> single reeds for me. We should probably be in a band. Two clarinets <laughs> and a oboe. We've got a real Z and the Pussycats, Jamie and the Tidy Cats. Oh my God, it's perfect. <laughs> oh my God. Two clarinets and an oboe. I, I like that kind of physical response. My blood pressure just like rose. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Wow. So anyway, uh, Good more day. about the movie. Sure. Um, <laughs> another thing that I didn't necessarily pick up on that much until this sort of watching the movie through the Bechtel cast lens was the fact that the band so Josie, Val, and Mel are all really mean to their manager's sister whose name is oh, yeah. Alexandra so they have yeah. a, there's a character named Alexander, he is their band manager and then his sister played by Missy Pyle, Alexandra like they do a lot of like body shaming to her they're, mm. they're like she comes in and they basically call her fat they're like oh did you lose weight or something like that she's at one point like putting on lip gloss and Val is like oh that lip gloss won't hide your mustache like they're doing they're like really cruel to her in a way that I don't understand why this is and it feels really unneeded it's, and bizarre. It's a very bizarre choice. It's, but like I would almost to the point where I'd almost rather, and I know that this is like Archie canon or whatever, but like I would almost rather that character not even be there than her be there and only be used for the things that she's used for. Because it really is like she. There's no consistency with her other than like she hates. Like she's like jealous. She doesn't even like work for them she's Mm-mm. just around yeah she's just around and mean and she, like her she's only driven by and i mean listen i can relate to living a life driven by spite <laughs> but it just it does doesn't make sense with the story it's weird they do like kind of bring it up they're like they said to her why are you here and she says i was in the comic books it's very fourth wall which is a, right yeah. weird it's a funny joke but the fact that they yeah, the way they treat so each other like yeah but uh, if you're that aware of how you're adapting it then it's like yeah do a better job with that character yeah i mean <laughs> It was 2001. The body positivity movement wasn't popular yet. So, you well, know, yeah, there's which... lots of body shaming in this movie. And it's, I don't know, it's just a glaring thing in an otherwise perfect movie. <laughs> um, <sighs> no, yeah. So I, 
it's so easy to insert the trope in a movie of like girls being petty and catty toward each other and it really bugged me this time around seeing it i i'm interested in your thoughts on this lay days mm-hmm. uh, uh for val's character played by rosario dawson i feel like and it made me think about because she's the only woman of color in this movie at all i think Sounds so about right. is that true well that's depressing and i feel like her character is like underdeveloped in in comparison to the the other two in the band obviously josie's going to be the most characterized she's the protagonist right but it's i i feel like there is a tendency especially when she's already being presented as a token character like she's you know she's the only woman of color we see on screen mm-hmm. that the the movie kind of like sabotages characters like this i think it happens in the craft a lot as well where the one woman of color we see she gets less to do and mainly what we know about her is that she is supportive of the white people around like Mm -hmm. that's really all we know about that like and she's integral to the plot obviously but like Tara Reid like she has a very distinct character and it's like she's a doofus she's all she you know we're gonna get a 45 minute scene with her and Carson Daly and I'm gonna love every second of it (laughs) uh Josie has like very distinct personality traits Val does not really have that and I, I feel like what she mainly has is that she is supportive of the other two and uh that's just something that I yeah, thought about. Watching the characterization there. Yeah, she's definitely robbed in terms of like having a developed character. Yeah, it does feel a lot like usually if there's a movie with mostly white women and then one woman of color, that character often we know the least about her background, her backstory, right. her family life, anything like that. We know the least about that. We know Again, the least about her personality. And I think that. Were I to hazard a guess, I would think that because there are so many white writers in, you know, Hollywood working, I I feel like there might be like a feeling of like, oh, well, there's only one person of color in the entire cast. I don't want to fuck it up because I but then the result is they just don't really write a character for that person. Right. And that is also not a good result. And that just means that we should have more people of color writing movies. Exactly. I think that's what Sofia Coppola said when she wrote. And directed oh. that beguiled adaptation where she's yes. like, I don't know how to, I am not a person she's of color, so I don't know how Bechtel to write character. Who? Yeah. Didn't know what the Bechdel test <laughs> who was. Is whom? The consequences of that, like, I understand the hesitancy to misrepresent a character if you do not have that same experience. Right. Um, but then, like, talk to someone. Exactly. It's as easy Give as that. Give someone else work, you know, it's. Or so. let that, like, co write something with someone. If you right. want to write a, a movie where some of the characters are people of color, excellent. Bring on a co-writer. Bring on consult with people. Like, yeah, it is not hard. Does I mean, and it's not it's not egregious in Josie and the Pussycats, but right. it is just like something that I was thinking about. She also has the worst makeover. I mean, it's like she, yes. her makeover is boring. It everyone nothing gets happens. hair right. flips, highlights, eyeshadow. She's just like, we'll brush your hair for a minute. Right. And I feel I'm like sorry. they dress her in outfits that are not flattering to her. No, halter. Which is crazy because mm. it's like, what is not going to hang well on She's a babe. Rosario. I know. It's She's really perfect. bizarre. She's perfect. There, that makeover scene is, speaking of tidy cats, <laughs> <laughs> that makeover scene is so blue why yeah. was that was that whole scene shot in like fluorescent lighting because there it's so it's that scene makes me laugh because it's blue it's, yeah. in a way that most the, the is usually reserved for action movies right yeah sci-fi blue, kind of stuff very blue and then they're they're so uncomfortably improvising through this scene where like at one point terry is just like holding a brush and she's like huh yeah, yeah. They're like throw some cotton balls at each other. It'll be hilarious. Yeah, and I feel it's like, like my like interpretation of the blue was that it was supposed to be kind of like surgical. Like they were supposed to be Ooh. like going through this very like regimented like idea of beauty and marketing and branding to like because it felt like, very like it does like, look sterile. Yeah, like, stero- yeah, yeah. Everyone's wearing like lab coats and shit. Yeah, but it also <sighs> could. Maybe one of their key lights broke. Yeah, you know, maybe they were like, so oh, we have all these blue gels. Let's yeah. figure out what scene to use them in. <laughs> Definitely I just inherited a bunch of blue gels <laughs> from my grandfather. <laughs> They're like 20 cents. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fat with blue gels right now. We have got to use it. And I also, do you think, and do we know, because you know so much about canon, 
were they friends? They don't seem like they ever spent a moment together outside of the set of Jesse the Pussycats. The like actors? Yeah. No, they made right. that very clear during the Q&A. Well, you can Tara feel Reed that was, in the movie. Um, incredibly drunk or incredibly oh. something and just kept bringing up like she was like we haven't really seen each other since then but that was such an incredible time just like over and over oh, it's like, like oh that was your time yeah, yeah that was your time <laughs> okay oh god wait can we just talk about her character for a second because like Kaylee, i, I, I mentioned she's just uh, i don't even know what they're going for she's very i mean she's this character who's like she loves rainbows and puppies and she you know just yeah. wants everyone to get along and you know she's got a heart of gold but she's also just extremely annoying and stupid, and it's like, don't why why write a character like that? I think that's I find a her very annoying. Problem too, though. Yeah, I, again, I'm, I'm not I'm not familiar with the Archie comics, so I don't know how that character is represented in those. But I don't know. She just and maybe it's just because it's Tara Reid bringing that role to life, and I don't <laughs> necessarily think she's very talented. Wow. Yeah, sorry, guys. I did not guys. know we were going to go there. Hot wow. take. Tara Reid may be not the most talented <laughs> Caitlin Durante actor. Hates women. <laughs> hates I am That's not a feminist them. icon. Hates sorry. Them. No, I do think a lot of that is like source. Because when in the comic book world, you literally have like, this is the dumb friend. Because you have talk bubbles to work with. It wasn't like right. really fleshed out. Sure. But I'll always make the argument that when you're adapting something, you, you can have take the liberty, liberty to yeah. I think so too. Or tone it down a little bit. I mean, I think with the casting choice, they made it clear what they wanted the character to be. Not to keep piling on Tara Reid. Anyways, (laughs) the scene between her and Carson Daly is great. It should be put in a museum. God, Carson Daly is so boring. And in that scene too, this is one of my favorite, like there's all these cardboard cutouts of like TRL guests. And if you watch it in 2018, you can really spot out. It's like, can't how many predators are in frame right now? A lot of, what's that word you used when we talked about the Grinch? Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> stuff that's in the frame. Oh, mise en scène. Mise en scène. <laughs> that that's a film degree. Yeah, I recognize it from my own film degree. That's so, that word. Speaking mm-hmm. of tiny bats, I also have a film degree. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to ask. So. Uh, yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> mise en scène. The mise en scène in the Carson Daly scene is mm. full of what we now know to be sexual predators. A lot of. There's no less than four Johnny Depp's in that. Frame. There's a ton of Johnny Depp's. <laughs> There's crazy. a ton of Matt Damon's. It's also, Ari Spears problematic guy there are a number of like peers of ours comedian he was on mad tv for a while yeah. uh-huh. there are several he did a cosby impression that was like yeah his he did a cosby impression oh yikes yikes doesn't Tough age break. well at all of course Tough and then break. as a person comedian friends of ours will like post something on twitter and he will then troll them a lot wow. for like sh- stuff that they've said He's not a good guy. Feminist icon. Ari Spears. Ari Spears. Uh, yeah, slide right into our mentions, Ari Spears. Yeah. I dare you. I'm kidding. No, I really don't want any yeah, complaints. Yeah, please don't. I don't, 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 don't talk to us. Do not. <laughs> I just want to quickly talk about the Alexander character, their band manager. Mm. One, he physically strikes his sister apparently more than once in a day because he kicks her in the shin or something like that. And she's like, ow. And he's mm. like, oh, I'm sorry. that My bad. That was an accident. But oh, that was twice in one day, huh? So he's like repeatedly... <laughs> hitting her another weird choice why do we see this choice being made of a man physically striking a woman and then later on this guy's a piece of shit because later on they're all in a bathroom after alan cumming has been like here have a record deal and they're like in the starbucks bathroom. yeah they're in a starbucks and they're like this is suspicious this is all happening really fast and alexander comes in and he's like what if you're like having a band meeting i should be here and they're like this is the ladies room which like why do we have to have separate pressure well 2001 2001 a space odyssey same year as Shrek. Speaking of tidy cats. I, you thought I was going to say 9-11, but I said Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then they're like, well, get out of here. This is the ladies' room. And he's like, what? It's nothing I haven't seen before. And then I think Val, in an attempt to get him to leave, she's like, anyone have change for a tampon? And he's like, bye. See you, gross. Ew. So no comment. He can't. Is- he, can't he can't hang. <laughs> he cannot. 
He's not just one of the girls. He's, he's not. not mm. No. Josie's been on the boys. I bet he's, I bet he's probably, just probably because he's fixing too many cars. Well, <laughs> yeah, <it's probably laughs> something. It definitely has to do with a car. I he wish we were busy. He is, he is fucking the tailpipe of a car. And it's. <laughs> No, not a tampon in sight. No, no tampons. Mm. I think if if we just all had, you know, if, if men hung unused tampons around their room, kind of like dream catchers, oh, yeah. that would be nice. That'd be nice. And then if you wake up and there's a bloody tampon hanging in a man's room, it just means that they had a dream. <laughs> what? <laughs> like a bad dream. That's a dream catcher. I get it. I follow. Uh, I follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you. that like like mobiles that go over baby's cribs should actually just be... Dirty tampons? tampons? Not dirty. Although maybe, let's... Why are we shaming women for bleeding? Free bleed all the time. Free bleed on your baby. (laughs) (laughs) This is final wave feminism. The the last wave. Free bleed bleed on your baby. Just let it stick it. Okay. If we can get back on track. The point I'm (laughs) trying. And I I also might be reaching. But. Please hashtag free bleed on your baby. (laughs) The movie isn't making a comment on this. Which is. You know, not the biggest deal because it's a quick scene and like that's this is not what this movie is about him being grossed out by bodily functions. But I feel like we almost never see representation of a man not being grossed out by a woman bleeding. And mm-hmm. it would have been a nice opportunity for him to be like, I don't care about tampons. And then we right. don't see it. And I'm just like, oh, you missed a, an opportunity movie. Yeah, for him or, or maybe, you know, maybe win some points back and be right. like, I have a quarter. Yeah. And I don't think we should have to be paying for these. W- right. Why are we not wow. giving? Great. That would be an <laughs> amazing moment. Feminist icon. Yeah. Alex goes into why are we paying for these Why products? are we? Yeah. There's a public health issue. There, yeah. Anyways. <gasps> There's a few. Oh, you mentioned, Jamie, the scene when they're recording in the studio for the first time. So There's much wind. wind blowing. Where is it coming from? Why do we have to see women's hair blowing around? I, lo- I think that that was a joke. I, or yeah. I, I, if like because Rachel well, Lee Cook's hair is going, it's in feathered. It is like I want to hear for br- a breeze. It was it was designed <laughs> knowing a breeze would designed, pass her by. Designed for a breeze. Yeah, yeah, and, and so it's like I want to hear the recordings of that session because it would all be like. <gasps> It's <laughs> just a hard win. And then Tara Reed hitting a symbol like almost <laughs> There's a full on wind machine. I, I that's like if that is a joke, it's one of my favorite jokes in the whole movie. I, I think it's I don't know if it's a joke. I feel like if it was a joke they would have played up the wind more. Right. It's almost it too subtle, subtle to be a joke. I don't know. This Either movie's way. not known for its subtlety. No, it's not. Shout out to Eugene there Levy. There are 80. Oh, yeah. Eugene Levy's yeah. in it. In a weird scene, when I, and I don't know what to make of this, but you see him, like, he's giving this instructional, like, here's what we do at this company. We trick teenagers into buying a bunch of crap. He's like, we live in the most ass-kicking country in the world. And then this woman in a bikini, like, stands by him and, like, waves the American flag, mm-hmm. which is a joke, but it... I think that that's commentary. Yeah. Because he's wrong. And he's we, wrong. All, we all know that their their weird money fuck dungeon is wrong. <laughs> There's no way around it. I feel like we haven't talked that much about Parker Posey's character. I love female villains. I like that mm. we have a male and a female villain yes. in this movie. Uh, mainly, I feel like probably just to let Alan Cumming and Parker Posey be together. And mm. they're so great together. And it's like... Can you kiss? They <laughs> do. They do. I know they do. And they, but but it's like it's well, not in it. every scene. Yeah, it's just not, at the end. I love it. my favorite moment is when I think they do like a a laugh off in in her creepy bedroom. Oh yeah, like a villain laugh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Any other two actors? That's the worst scene of all time. It's insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> the main thing I want to say about Josie and the Pussycats mm-hmm. is that it's a. It's not a movie that's seeking to dismantle the patriarchy necessarily. It's a fun movie. It doesn't necessarily have an agenda, except it has the like anti-corporate, anti-capitalist agenda. But that also feels weird in a movie that has so much product placement. Although it makes me feel better that those companies did not pay. It's funnier because like it could have been like really cheap for them to be like oh well yeah we can just make a bunch of money off this movie that we're saying is anti-capitalist they did that too though it's like taking the money of these big corporations and and then then basically making fun of them them. yeah that's true i'm kind of there for that yeah but i think yeah it could work either way yeah so that's that's more the agenda of the movie than necessarily be well i don't know like i totally agree that it's like it seems like they you know whatever the objective of this movie was decided and then 
you know, other areas were not given as careful consideration as we would hope. Where it's like, we basically see, uh, of the female characters especially, we see like one body type across the board. Mm -hmm. It's a very thin movie. It's a very white movie. It's, you know, like there's obviously places where it could be doing much better. And that should be acknowledged, but also it is like such a good movie, and it's so and it like it, it, it oh god did you see Alan Cummings? Oh, we didn't talk about the the most important scene mm. in the movie, uh, which is when Alan Cummings is driving his car sponsored by Ray Ban. Mm-hmm. So he's looking for his new band, and I'm already like oh. Alan Cumming is on screen, right? And then he almost hits <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats with his car. And then it's like this moment where Meatloaf's Paradise by the Dashboard Light is Meatloaf, one of the greatest actors of our generation. <laughs> sorry. One of the currently one of the worst singers in the entire world. <laughs> sorry. And then Alan Cumming breaks the fourth wall turns and doesn't he like wink or something he just, yeah he gives like a sly little like mm-hmm, smile <laughs> no one does it better yeah, he <laughs> should have gotten an oscar just for that scene. my favorite alan cumming performance ever is like one second in an hbo commercial <laughs> <laughs> where it's like i don't even know what they pulled from but i i've watched the commercial a lot where there's like it's alan cumming on stage i think it was like a taped live performance and he just goes broadway <laughs> and you're just like there it is. We don't need to make art anymore. Mm-hmm. Or porn. <laughs> or porn. I mean. <laughs> we can all retire. It's beautiful. As sexual beings, we can retire. <laughs> Broadway. Broadway. Mm-hmm. Speaking of tidy, tidy cats, cats. <laughs> let's talk about the, whether or not this movie passes the Bechdel test. Oh, I think yes. Yeah, it Oh, does. for sure. Yeah. It does. I like how we pause. Like, <gasps> We've, we've done a lot of movies lately where there's like not even a discussion to be had about it. We're just yeah. like, yes, of course it does. They talk about their music a lot. And friendship a lot. Friendship mm-hmm. and yeah. And there's, there's a no lot question. of female characters. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't really talk about the friendship aspect, but I, I do like think that it is great to see female friendship portrayed in a way that is like very supportive and loving throughout because it's you know like the corporate alan cumming and parker posey try to like drive a wedge into the friendship and they can't because well they do for like a a a quick moment right but i mean that's like with weird science but it's like but there's (laughs) never a there's never a moment in the like even when there's never a moment which is not manufactured by these villains that tears them apart it's all a very strong friendship yeah 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 Cheetah Girls, a little bit different. I have no idea what Cheetah Girls is. Really? The Disney movie? Is uh, it a like Ra- Disney original? Raven, Raven Simone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then, the girl who went on to date Rob Kardashian from 3LW. Is, from th- and then the other girl from 3LW, it, and then oh, the it, white girl. Yeah. Wait, is it a Disney Channel movie? Yeah, it is yes. It is a DCOM. Is okay, it? that's why I have no, a Disney I've never, Channel original movie. I've never yeah. seen a single Disney Channel You've never original seen? Movie. I don't think a I've DCOM? ever missed one. <laughs> There, I, I should like, start my own podcast. Is me watching <gasps> decoms. Ooh. I would love to hear. Wow. I have to skip Smart House. I'm Deke. still scared of it. Are you still scared that of that house? Has so much power over them. The thing about that house is that it was very smart. By but, the way, Aristotle uh, is in the corner giggling his <laughs> little face off. All right, he can take over hosting was, the Smart House episode. Who was the Who was the male star of Smart House? Wasn't it this? No, no, it was a white family. I thought it, I thought it was the boy from Smart Guy for a second. Taj Mahari, no. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the the female friendship we see a similar thing in like Spice World, where they you know they're, they're you think there would be conflict in a in a band scenario where there's always you know there's egos and there's all kinds of stuff that might come between them as a band and as friends. But the only thing that does briefly come between this band and Josie and the Pussycats is manufactured by the villains. Yeah, it's like to, literal brainwashing. Yeah, brainwashing. Yeah. And she barely succumbs. She succumbs to it, but then she quickly figures out, like, hey, like, this is weird. And she figures out what's happening. And that's to say that, again, the female characters of this movie are driving the story. So okay. Sometimes in movies, even if there is a female protagonist, like, she doesn't even get to, like, figure out the big mystery or, like, even participate in the climax of her own movie, which is what we saw in, like, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Or uh, in Aladdin, where Jasmine is literally physically thrown out of the screen while the conflict is resolved yeah she's so, also wearing uh she's also a sex slave there's a lot going on oh there goodness in can't wait look to forward do to the aladdin episode aladdin. <laughs> yikes are you gonna do that oh for sure oh yeah oh, for wow. sure yeah that, re- that red bikini i mean uh, that was jafar, a large part of my childhood jafar is a queer icon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway iago anyway. iago uh, feminist <laughs> icon. 
So, yeah, I, the <laughs> female characters in this movie are without question participating in the story, driving the story. Uh, their friendships are solid. It's a fun movie. You know, it's... You gotta it's, watch it. You gotta watch it. Check it out. It's great to see women being funny and contributing to the comedy of the movie. A lot of times in a comedy, female characters are robbed of any opportunity to be funny. So mm-hmm. that's great for this movie. Um, should we rate the movie? Let's rate it. Yeah. Let's rate it. Let's rate the movie on our nipple scale of zero to five nipples based on its portrayal of women. Mm. I'm going to give it four because I think the main characters, especially Val and Mel, could have been more fleshed out, uh, especially Val, like you said, being the only person of color. She feels a bit sidelined. Her character doesn't feel as developed as the others. And I don't know. You can still, you can have a dumb character and have that not be so annoying and maybe this is just my personal thing but mel's character to me is insufferable and anytime she's on screen i'm just like yeah she doesn't bother me i like like when she's like maybe it's in this room maybe it's in this room (laughs) oh i i hate that scene i'm I'm like i know i i I don't know and especially like what a boon for tara reed to literally play two type exactly and make a lot of money doing Mm, that's true for her do it yeah Again, I, I guess in this episode, Dare I say you go, girl. <sighs> I guess I'll say it. All right, I'll say, I'll say it. it. So yeah, the characterization isn't a, as great as we would hope. There also the parts when the women of the band are body shaming Alexandra yeah. and vice versa. That's a weird choice. So there's just some kind of weird choices. But overall, I like the message of like the all the anti corporate stuff. I like just the fact that it's a fun movie starring women. You get a, a woman villain who's a great character. Yeah, that's it. Four nipples, three for each of the members of the band, and the fourth one goes to Parker Posey. Cool. Faye, what say you? I'm going to go a full five nips on this. Wowie. Um, It is just like my all-time favorite movie, and I know it is a portrayal of women, but I did watch this when I was like 11, and... Did you feel empowered? I think I don't. I didn't. I think it was so subtly a movie about girls that were friends that only looking back on it now, I'm realizing it's like the only movie I watched when I was like a kid that I was that was about girls that were friends and in a band. And mm. I think it affected me a lot in a way that wasn't like it wasn't like hit over the head with it, which I think is it was a movie ahead of its time for a lot of reasons, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I totally I mean, I agree with everything we've been saying about body types, diversity and like there's a lot of complexities to being a woman that aren't, you know, showcased. But I think just for this being 2001, a movie that's literally about a band of girls that are best friends is, mm-hmm. like, s- special. Pretty cool. Who are you giving your nippies to? Oof. Sorry for making eye contact when I said that. I mean, <laughs> I feel like you I now. I feel like you're vibing. I actually can't look at you ever again. Are you guys vibing? I, um, I don't know. Ross is in the room. I'm going to give five five straight nipples to Jamie Loftus. Thank wow. you so much. I hope you use them wisely. Um, I'm going to. I'm <laughs> As someone with an irregular number of nipples already, just please use those five very I'm, wisely. Listen, I need spare tires. Yeah. <laughs> you know, keep them in my backpack. Keep them in the trunk. Keep your nips in the trunk. Uh, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it three and a half guys. I'm sorry. I love this movie so much. It's an unreasonable expectation to be like every movie has to be perfect in every single way. But I just, especially because this is a movie that's marketed to young girls, there was there were a lot of missed opportunities that mm-hmm. I would have liked to see capitalized on. But I mean, I don't have anything to add in terms of like you you pretty much covered it. Mm. But I do love that there was a major film release directed at kids that was about how corporations (laughs) suck. And it's also so funny. I would argue that any scene Alan Cumming is in with anyone does pass the Bechdel test. Okay. Um, I think we should make an across the board exception for that. I've already made that exception for Alfred Molina. Yes. People are flooding my DMs. Jamie, will you pardon Alfred Molina for <laughs> for not being able to pass the Bechdel test? Mean, yes, of course. If, of course. Of course. Does that yes, mean if pardon. Alan Cumming and Alfred Molina speak to each other in a movie that passes the Bechdel Absolutely. test too? Oh, of course it does. Okay. And they could be talking about <laughs> their own penises and it would still pass the Bechdel test. If Alan, a scene where Alan God. Cumming and Alfred Molina are like they both whip out their dicks and they're like, they're let's just straight up compare. Yeah. They're measuring. They're measuring their penis. Still a full pass. It's but a like it's a very pass. like just like a nice, calm, peaceful. They're like, well, how much is yours? Instead of like these like normal dick measuring contests where they're like, it's gen- there's, there's, there's scene, would be gentle. 
motivated by curiosity so be, basically yes. an asmr video uh, <laughs> i hope that happens for you jamie i just want that out in the world for you an asmr video of ellen coming and, and Alfred Alfred Molina Molina gently measuring, their measuring each other's penis we all we all want that but i really want that for you <laughs> That is, I will have to make a cartoon of that, and uh, I have to go. I have to get started. This is my own personal smut stash for just me. Wow. Well, uh, <laughs> we've had a, a blast what here a today. What a time. I, wait, I didn't give my nipples to anyone. Oh, yeah. Guess who I'm giving them to? Uh, tidy Cats? I'm g- Alan oh, I'll give two to Alan Cumming and one and a half to Tidy Cats. Great. All right. <laughs> well, speaking of Tidy Cats, Faye, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. This thank- is so fun. This is so Yay. much fun. What, what would you like to plug? Where can people um, find you online? Oh, my God. At Faye or Love on everything. And then um, I was going to plug, I thought of it while we were doing this, that uh, at Junior High, we're an event space for women. And we're starting a new series of nights. It's going to be once a month. My friend Darby's hosting we came up with like a really clever name that I can't remember, but it's movies that are not only featuring women, but made by women. So oh, we're awesome. going to be screening, I think, a, like a trailer and then a short and have whoever made the short there, like female directors, producers, and then um, watch a movie. I think we talked about doing Josie, in fact, but because um, it was made by a woman it and is, team. Yes, yes, yes. This movie was written and directed by Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan. Yeah, and they're really cool. But yeah, so just look on welcome to juniorhigh.com. We have a whole calendar. That's not up yet, but just keep your eyes out or on Instagram at welcome to junior high. And um, if you have ideas for similar things, please reach out. Woo. Awesome. Yeah. You can follow the Bechtelcast on all the social media platforms at Bechtelcast. You can rate and review us on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. What also helps us out is going to our Patreon and subscribing. Yeah, it's, it's great. Give us $5 a month or else. Thank you or so much. Else. Thank you so much. Well, speaking of tidy cats, bye. Bye. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.